This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. It was June 25th, 1967, on BBC television that a TV special was run called Our World. For the finale of that show, the Beatles performed the very first rendition of their iconic song, All You Need Is Love. Well, it turns out they were wrong, because according to a 2013 study done by a Canadian magazine, It actually cost quite a lot to get married these days. In fact, from the first flittering butterflies to crossing the threshold of your home together, it now cost a whopping $43,842.08. This, of course, includes a year-long courtship and a year-long engagement. What we are willing to pay for something shows how much it is worth to us. It declares in monetary form the value that we put on an item. Well, on today's podcast, we learn just how valuable Ruth was to her soon-to-be husband, Boaz. And in this story, we'll learn the value of that relationship and how it illustrates the relationship between Christ and his value on his church. The first 10 verses of Ruth chapter 4 is what we're looking at today. Boaz went to the gate of the town and sat down there. Soon the family redeemer Boaz had spoken about in chapter 3 came by. Boaz said, come over here and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Then Boaz took ten men of the town, elders, and said, sit here. And they sat down. He said to the redeemer, Naomi has returned from the territory of Moab and is selling the portion of the land that has belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should inform you. Now, buy it back in the presence of those seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you want to redeem it, do it. But if not, if you don't want to redeem it, tell me so that I will know, because there isn't anyone other than you to redeem it, and I'm next after you. Well, I want to redeem it, he answered. Then Boaz said, Well, on the day you buy the field from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the deceased man, to perpetuate the man's name on his property. The Redeemer replied, I can't redeem it myself or I'll ruin my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption because I can't redeem it. After an earlier period in Israel, a man removed his sandal and gave it to another party in order to make any matter legally binding concerning the right of redemption or the exchange of property. This was the method of legally binding a transaction in Israel. So the Redeemer removed his sandal and said to Boaz, Buy back the property yourself. Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses today that I am buying from Naomi everything that belonged to Elimelech, Chilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife, to perpetuate the deceased man's name on his property, so that his name will not 
disappear among his relatives or from the gate of his hometown. You are witnesses today. In Jewish culture, the land and the inheritance was everything. God had apportioned out this land under Joshua, and it belonged to the Lord. It was these people's covenant promised land. Way back when God gave his covenant to Abraham, it was to bring them into a land. And God had divided that land unto all the people such that every family had their own piece of that promise. According to Joshua, the land then was never to leave the family. It was the Lord's, and he had given it to each family as an inheritance. Coupled with that was the Leverite marriage vows, which said that if a man dies, it was his brother's responsibility to marry the man's wife and conceive a child with her so that the inheritance could be continued and that the line would not die. What's so incredible about this is that Boaz is in line to marry Ruth and to redeem her. The problem was there was a man who was actually closer. Now, we don't have his name, but he was likely Elimelech's brother. Naomi and Elimelech had sold the rights to work the land for someone else to pay off their debts that they likely accrued prior to the famine. For the man to redeem the field or buy it back meant that he would have to pay off the debts of Naomi and Elimelech to purchase the field. But it had to be someone in the family that could do that because the land belonged to the family given to it by God. So chapter 4 opens with Boaz coming to the gate where official business and court proceedings were held. He knows that marrying Ruth means paying off Naomi's debts and restoring the inheritance of the land to Ruth. A casual reading will see Boaz coincidentally bumping into this man, but a closer reading will display how God's grace had weaved every circumstance. You see, it wasn't coincidence that God had brought Naomi and Ruth to Bethlehem at the time of the harvest. It wasn't coincidence that grew, that grace drew Ruth into the field of Boaz. It wasn't coincidence that God had brought this man by Boaz, and he wasn't going to miss the chance. Now, if someone comes to you and says, sit down here, what are you going to do? So he sat down, and then Boaz gathers 10 other men and tells them to sit down as witnesses. Now, this demonstrates Boaz's likely status within the community, because Boaz begins by asking the man if he will redeem the land. Now with this, all the wheels of the locomotive come to a screeching halt. All of us can see this story budding. We can see where it's going, but then the man decides, yes, I want to redeem the land. I can see Ruth and Naomi perhaps in the background in horror and amazement. But then Boaz reminds the man that if he redeems that land, he also has to take Ruth to be his wife and to care for her and to father children with her to give this land to them as an inheritance. In doing so, she would essentially resurrect the dead man's line. She's the only one between this man annexing her portion of the inheritance into his own family. He was selfish, and so the man decides not to redeem her. See, if he, re if he marries her, and father's children with her, then he's got to give all of these possessions, or at least split half of his possessions in two, to his children. And so the man decides not to redeem her. 
Chapter 4 is constructed in such a way that all the action is done by Boaz. Even the language is placed in different order to emphasize that Boaz is doing everything. It's Boaz that comes to the city gate. It's Boaz that seeks out the other kinsmen. It's Boaz that gathers the ten witnesses. It's Boaz that buys the field. It's Boaz that stands and takes Ruth as his bride. This story is all about Boaz. Boaz was a relative. He was able and willing to go outside the city gate and do the right thing the right way to marry her. Boaz does three things here. He pays off Naomi's debts. He purchases her inheritance, and he preserves the line. First thing he did was pay off Naomi's debts. She was now absolved of all her debts, forgiven. She was free from the debts of her old life, the debts that she had incurred because of her sin and her family's sin. He also purchased her inheritance. Now the field was Ruth's to plant and grow and tend, and all the profits and the joys of that inheritance was now theirs. He preserved the line. In redeeming Ruth, Boaz pro prolonged the name and seed of Elimelech, whose name means, my God is king. And it would be through this union of Ruth and Boaz that God would perpetuate the name, my God is king, and even bring the greatest king to Israel. You see, it would be through this union that the dead may not be cut off from Bethlehem. He had resurrected this name from the dead. He proved its worth, and eventually it would be through this union that God would bring the greatest king of Israel, King David from Bethlehem, who would be the forerunner to the king of all kings, also born from this line in this city. He also procured a bride. He made her his own. She was a foreigner, but he had brought her into his family. Boaz knew the value of bringing the foreigner into his family because Boaz's mom's name is Rahab. He had brought her under his wing and this foreign widow had become a favored bride. Now, as we seek to apply this, M.R. Dahan does a great job explaining this chapter. He writes, Jesus is indeed our kinsman redeemer. And at the end of his life, he went to Gethsemane, where God laid upon him all of our sin and all of our debt, and he took it, like Boaz, outside the gate, among many witnesses, and there weighed out the purchase price of redemption by his own precious, incorruptible, and eternal blood. See, like Ruth, we had come from a far country, widowed by sin, carrying the baggage and the debts of our own past mistakes. Grace draws us into the field of our heavenly Boaz, where we experience his kindness and mercy to sinners, to beggars, to widows. In love, he draws us to his side, and in complete surrender and abandon, we come with no plans, no scheme, no agendas, no speeches, just a simple trust, a vulnerability, and a complete reliance on his capacity to change everything. And we wait for him to act. And when we do, he pays off our debt. He purchases our inheritance. He preserves our line. I'm so glad that he's still in the saving business. I'm glad that down through the ages, on every continent, in every time, there is a line of redeemed saints. We call them today the church. 
The church is his redeemed, purchased bride. Finally, Boaz procures for himself a bride. Ephesians 5 tells us, We are the bride of Christ who have been redeemed. And one day, in spotless white, we will stand before our heavenly, perfect groom who gave his life to purchase us from the slave market of sin, to bring us foreigners into the family, to make us his own, to give us an inheritance. One day he will return for that bride, and with all the royal fanfare of heaven, adorned in spotless white, enter the hallowed halls of forever, and we will take our place as the royal table for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And on that day we will gaze in awe and wonder at the bridegroom, not the bride. You know, it's interesting that Ruth isn't even pictured in chapter 4. It's all about Boaz, all about his work, all about his love, all about his grace. And when we behold all that God has done in redeeming us, we can't help but fall in utter amazement at the glory of his name. So, Father, thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for buying us back, paying off our debts, making us a people. Thank you for restoring the promise that my God is indeed king and that you came through that line. What a beautiful, glorious picture of redemption the book of Ruth is. Help us, Lord Jesus, to revel in it and to praise you for it. And at the end of the day, may we all turn our eyes toward you and worship. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.